The funk continues. We've only had half the funk so far on my half birthday, so we'll do two two whole halves of funk, even though we can only celebrate half a birthday on this July 29th. Greetings, one and all. Hope you're doing well. Hope your entry into the weekend is off to a nice start as well. Great, nice temperatures. Could be hanging outside tonight, maybe on the porch, maybe a back patio. Taking yeah, in a game or something. Supposed to be nice for the next week or so. Right on. It's becoming a thing to put TVs outside. We, we're able to do that now. <laughs> my my mom actually just set up an outdoor viewing experience for herself. So um, obviously covered or underneath the like the the what do you call it the eas- not the easel the uh, soffit or whatever mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of you know a little bit of covering we got we got neighbors are always out there watching a game sitting on their porch yeah it's gonna be in the old days you did it in the garage yeah if you wanted that outdoor experience <laughs> now we could just do it on our back porch going all the way out mm-hmm. So things to take in are some baseball games this weekend, and uh, very meaningful games, and it may help uh, tip the scales for front office executives between being uh, buyers or sellers. So that's uh, some of what you can look at. Cardinals against their future teammate, Juan Soto, tonight in the Nationals. That game coming up at the top of the hour. Cubs are in the West Coast against San Francisco. Marcus Stroman Throwing for the Cubs. I didn't see who's throwing for the, uh, for the White Sox. It's, it's Wayne, for, the right? white, for the White Sox? I'm sorry, for the Cardinals. Is Michaelis. Michaelis. Miles Michaelis, Michaelis, that's right. Yep. And the White Sox tonight are throwing Lance Lynn at home against the Oakland Athletics. Speaking of that, tomorrow night's game, winners of our ticket giveaway from last hour, Billy Harmon from Urbana. Urbana Middle and High School softball coach as well. Nice. So he checked in on his way to practice and won himself uh, four tickets to tomorrow night's game. Tonight's game and tomorrow night's game on the air here on DWS. So uh, trade rumors as they come about, dissipate. That's part of what's going on today. Uh, We mentioned last hour, Doug Kramer, former Illini offensive lineman and center, getting some first-team reps with the Bears after Lucas Patrick has gone down with a broken thumb and needs surgery. Some discouraging news for... Uh, Illinois football, they get a decommit. I did see that. Yeah, the 2023 class, an offensive lineman, Rico Jackson. Um, You know, I I, I see it, and I go, well, that happens. Yeah. If it's a trend, then I get really concerned, right? Yeah, especially, you know, a guy from Florida committed to Illinois. I I know it happens a lot. Numerous Power 5 offers. Yeah, teams... Oh, continue to recruit uh, until the guy shows up on, on whatever school he's committed to his campus. That happens often. Guys start thinking, do I want to go over a thousand miles away to school? Yada, yada, yada. Um, it wasn't the highest recruit in the class. So another thing to you know, not too much, but yeah, you keep an eye out, make sure it's not a continued trend here as, as they got a lot of commits this summer for next year's class. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in this day and age, you could be the number one overall recruit like Malachi Nelson and uh, to USC. And we just says, hey, I'm going to I've committed to you, USC, but I'm going to go take a visit to Texas A&M. Yeah, see, exactly. There you go. I wonder if it's the 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 offerings in his major at A&M that are enticing him to go there instead of USC. Do you think that's it? Probably. They just started a new whatever program, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. He wants the in-person experience instead yeah. of the, the remote learning that, that uh, USC has set up or something. Mm-hmm. 
possibly. And always. you know, f- it's always about education. Football it's never secondary. about yeah. Never. <laughs> never. Football is secondary. Uh, I, I love this. I'll say so Pac twelve media days. And George Klievkov, the, the commissioner over there, is 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 kind of giving it a little bit back to the pack to the Big Twelve. I don't know if you saw this. He, he, he said they're throwing grenades and that they're kind of they're trying to disrupt the Pac-12. Uh, uh, and I just wanted to point out that the Big Ten already did that. <laughs> the Big Ten, yeah, the Big Ten already threw the big grenade. I don't know if it gets much bigger than that, especially when the the Big Twelves. You know, enticing with Houston and UCF and BYU. It's yeah, I, I don't. that guy's in a tough spot to have media days going on right now. I feel like he's how awkward. Uh, I, I feel like he's Leslie Nielsen in airplane, where he's <laughs> telling the the passengers on the airplane, "I assure you, everything's going to be fine and everything's under control." <laughs> while they're dragging the pilot down the aisle, and his nose keeps getting longer and longer. <laughs> There's nothing to worry about now. Does anyone here know how to fly this plane? <laughs> <laughs> it's not too far off. It's something yesterday that they came up. It was a not a great day for Marlins as far as pitching wise go. They had a, a, a starter take a hundred mile an hour line drive off the dome. A former Minnesota pitcher, first round pick for the Marlins, Max Meyer, mm-hmm. Minnesota he, kid. Yeah, I think he, he was a two way guy in the Big Ten. Wow. Yeah, he just made his debut a couple weeks ago. He went down with Tommy John surgery, but Cole Kershipper signed his major league contract. One twenty five k with the Miami Marlins. So we got full slot for a, a ten through twentieth rounder. So you like to see that, and now he gets to go to an organization that's. Surprisingly, been pretty good at developing pitchers here recently. They've got Sandy Alcantara going tonight, former Cardinal, traded in the Marcelo Zuna tra- uh, deal a few years back. He's the front runner for the Cy Young guy the Cardinals are looking at, Pablo Lopez. Um, he came up through the Miami Marlins system. Zach Gallen, another pitcher traded from the Cardinals to the Marlins. He was flipped for Jazz Chisholm. They 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 developed some pitchers. So I. I Guessing they saw something in Kershipper. Lucky that he slipped to them in the 10th round or, or so, and now he gets to get his pro career started. Yeah, he won't throw very much this year. Uh, uh, doubt it. After you do a college season and a little bit on the Cape, usually they don't want more than 100 innings logged yeah. total. So he might throw a little bit and otherwise get to it next year and and imagine he being low, maybe high A next year. And and you see where it goes. Yeah, he imagine, competes. I can tell you that with the pitchability and like you said, I imagine they'll spend the next six eight months trying to get a couple ticks on his fastball. Uh, could throw him into to high A easily, and, and things go well. Maybe look at a, a early season promotion. You can weigh in on our Castle Heating and Cooling text line, which is two one seven three five one five three five seven. The phone number is two one seven three five six nine three. Nine seven. We got you till six o'clock. White Sox baseball tonight. Tomorrow, Lina Pella Saturday sports talk, and the White Sox are playing again tomorrow night. The world courting Bob Osmussen uh, coming up, and Colin Likas is in this hour as well to check in. Something to ask Bob, um, and and th- this ties to a, a text question here. So maybe we can kick it around a bit, or kick it around when when we talk with Bob, but. Uh, texture asks us, I hear the ticket sales have picked up this year for football. How meaningful this is this for the team? And I, I, I'm just curious, what do you do besides win? 
how do you fill this stadium and what's the barrier? Because we were having this conversation yesterday about uh, the Cubs and how they, the, 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 the rip on the Cubs is always, they don't want to spend enough, even though they're just printing money. Apparently <laughs> they're just too cheap to, you know, it just feels like it's, that's the easy take. And is it the easy take to fill a football stadium? Is that just win? And are all problems solved with win? Is it just that simple or, 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 or is there something else? And, what does a picked up ticket sales mean for the program? Yeah, if they win, they will come. That's typically how it turns out. But when you think back to Lovey Smith's first season here, they hadn't done a whole lot of winning before, and they definitely didn't do a whole lot of winning his first season. But they still managed one sellout as the hype was there for that North Carolina game. And I think after last season, um, we were still in the pandemic. There was still reduced seating, all the restrictions as far as getting in and that. So I don't think you can use that as your excitement season. But with getting five wins, ending the year with a win against Northwestern at Memorial Stadium, they did have some momentum going into this year in that what they might have had in that year one. Um, so so that's a, a little carryover for that. And, and really, I'm, I'm sure Lauren will say it's good for the recruits. It's good to see w- when they come to more Memorial Stadium to see that fans care and they want to show up and, and they want to root for the team. As far as the performance on the field, I don't think it has much of an effect, really. Maybe a, a little bit when they go out there and it looks a little more packed than before, but hopefully they have that momentum or, or that yeah. want to win before they step onto Memorial Memorial Stadium's field and they see the people in the yeah, crowd. Yeah, you got to squeeze your own juice. I get it, but yeah. uh, it, it, it gives them a bump, and it makes it hard if you're the opponent. Uh, harder. Well, yeah, if, if you're making noise and you're doing all those kinds of things that football fans do. Mm-hmm. I, I I think at the end of the day, my concern with this year is the team may be at the same level or better than last year, but I also think the schedule is harder than last year. I'm not sure, but I think it might be a, a little harder. I think the the top to bottom of the wet Big Ten West, and we were talking about this yeah. last hour with, with Matt, I just don't know right now where you would say, yeah, Illinois should win that game mm-hmm. as it comes to a Big Ten opponent. And it would be disappointing to, to lose to uh, what, Indiana, uh, Purdue, Minnesota, Northwestern. Those are games that you kind of want to, yeah, I want to say I won those games because mm-hmm. that means you've sort of climbed up a little bit uh, and you don't want to get stomped. But I just can't see looking at it right now on paper. You go, yep, that's a W. That's why I somewhere between three and nine, yeah, six yeah. and six and nine and three because that's a very reasonable guess. Somewhere yeah, between three and nine wins. Because, you know, it, it really I'm just could just not feeling ten. No, not quite. That would that would take uh uh, a miracle. I kind of did the analytics. But last year, as much as you know, a friend of the program, Matt Stevens, likes to talk about, you know, that last group did do a lot of losing while they were here at Illinois. But there was a lot of grown men on that team last year, 22, 23, 24-year-olds that were playing major minutes, whereas this year, there's still quite a few upperclassmen, but you're sprinkling in some 18, 19, 20-year-olds who haven't played quite as much at this level. So to, to think whatever happened last year can kind of translate to this year. I, I don't think it's there, and that's where all the questions come from. Well, you're right. Winning is a skill. It it's is. It's a learned thing, mm-hmm. uh, especially pushing through in the fourth quarter or when you're down or when the crowd's too loud or whatever that all is. That yep. is a learned skill. 
Back uh, in a moment, we will talk with Bob Osmussen for his weekly check-in, The World According to Bob. Also, Colin Likas is going to step in as well. It is a funky Friday, and when uh, James Brown is bringing the funk, that can only mean one thing. It's the world, according to Bob Osmussen, who joins us here on the line in his uh, mobile office today. Happy Friday, Bob. Good to have you. Good to, good to be had. How about that? <laughs> After the last week or so, I'm just happy to be doing anything. So, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be standing upright and hanging there. So. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know if the world knows all all there was, but you you weren't able to go to media days, which means you missed out on beef jerky. <laughs> Second time in a row. Okay. Yes. I mean, I, I complained about my own health, but goodness gracious, I could have. Matt, Matt told me all year, just go to media day, everything will be good, because last year was a disaster, and uh, of course COVID came, and so I didn't couldn't go. But that's why I'm recovering. Um, I will say, thank God. I mean, can't say thank God enough for vaccines, because I think there were no vaccines. I'd, we'd probably be at a different ceremony today with me. So mm. I'm really thank God those vaccines. And I thank God I was smart enough to take them all. So <laughs> and I got some extra drugs, too. I, not not illegal drugs. They got me some sort of uh, antibodies. It really helped. So I'm on men much faster than I should have been. That is very good news, and uh, I'm glad we're at a state now where when people are getting this thing, and, and it's uh, more on the level of an annoyance than than something uh, life-threatening because of all the precautions and, and measures you just mentioned, sir. So you um, had the, the the couch view of media days and, and all yeah. that went on. What were your takeaways? Well, first of all, the setup is great. And I, I can't believe I've not been able to go over there yet. The, I think the last time I was in that building was either for basketball or maybe the Big Ten title game several years ago. But yes, it's such a great setup. It's got you get got to experience it. Seems like a lot of fun. Seems like it's there's a lot of room. There's everybody's there. It looks like everybody's having a good time, and they're working, but they're having a good time working. Everybody's got a smile on their face. I think the commissioner came across well, actually. And that hasn't always been the case, but I think this year he's turned the corner. He's got everybody on his side. I think adding UCLA and USC was a big deal, and it put a feather in his cap, and I think that's fair. And he came across pretty well. I think all the coaches, again, no no new coaches. What league can say that in the country? I don't think any, except for the Big Ten. Everybody's back, so that's kind of cool. Just reading an article today about Kevin Warren in Sportico, which covers business of sports, and one of the things that the Big Ten did not actually have in place was crisis communication and, okay. and those kinds of things. When everything hit with the pandemic and then the uh, – boy, this article chronicled some things I was trying to forget. The we're going to have a season, the no, we're not going to have a season announcement, then just right. kidding, we are having a season announcement <laughs> – and uh, and Ohio State gets to go to the championship, even though that all that stuff. Like, they didn't have anybody that helped them through the communication process, and I think that was evident. And they've made some changes under Kevin Warren's leadership to 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 do things differently, and I think that started 
to be shown on Wednesday on Tuesday actually with how he he comported himself there. Now you, you, you I think we were still short of some answers that we all wanted, but right at least well, you kind of felt like the delivery was yeah, there. Right, exactly. And, I, and Jim Delaney, remember, Kevin Warren had to follow Jim Delaney, okay? That's like following Elvis. That's you know, that's our deal. That's that's impossible. So this guy's give him some time, I guess. I, I'm trying to be fair to him. I think, of course, I think all people in charge of things tend to not want to be too open. That just seems to be the nature of the beast. And I, I wish that wasn't the case as a reporter. I want people to tell me things all the time. When you look at people at the top, they generally don't like to give you information. And that's unfortunate. And I think in this case, and I think they've, if they look back at what happened through COVID and all this, the Big Ten would say, no question, we messed up in terms of transparency. We should have come out right away and say, we don't know what we're going to do. We, don't, we have no idea how that's going to work. But they made some they made some decisions that were poor, but they fixed it. So again, I think the guy, give him, I think five years wouldn't think, wow, that guy's done a great job. I really think that's going to be case because he's very sharp. He's very smart, and I think that's the most important thing there. Plus, he he likes the conference. He his son plays in the conference, so he cares about that Big Ten. So I think it's, I look at some of these other conferences. I'm thinking, well, I'm not sure the guy that's in charge there has the right ideas, but I think there's no question. Kevin Warren has the right it is. The world according to Bob. It's sports talk. Bob, uh, uh, I'm not going to just lobby up a first question. I'm just going right in for it. Uh, Scott kind of teased a, a question before we got on the air, but I'm going to ask it. Uh, this week, uh, Rob Manfred, uh, actually, I just think in the last couple of days, uh, sent to Congress a 17-page letter kind of outlining why they should underpay minor leaguers, and Congress kind of came back and said, well, you didn't really answer any questions, and, and or you didn't give us any answers, and now we have more questions, and it looks like that antitrust lawsuit or whatever that, that MLB has worked out for years and years is kind of going away. What I wonder is, is this kind of the precursor into what we're going to see with college athletics is we talk with Kevin Warren at, at the Big Ten Media Days, everybody's saying that it's going to be a billion-dollar TV contract and zero dollars going directly back to the players. I wonder if, first, it might be baseball, and then Congress is going to start to take a look at college athletics and say, if there's a billion dollars being thrown around, some of this has got to go back to the kids putting the work in on the field, right? Oh, no question. And if they, Going back to baseball, I'm sorry the billionaires don't get to keep all their money, okay? <laughs> That's insane to me that they're not willing to pony up. And I, just that is so crass and so disgusting how much money they've made on the backs of the players. And, and I'm always pro-labor, okay? I understand that. I'm, I'm never pro-management. I'm pro-labor all the time. So I, I worry about the players need to get that, – that career is so short. Think about these guys. Minor leaguers, especially, and what they grueling hours, the things they have to do. I know it's fun, but it's not all fun. So I, I'm thinking of people I've known that have been in minor leagues over the years, and it's like it's not it's not a great time until you get the majors. Please pay them, give them a living wage. So, and I think college college sports, eventually we're going to get there. I, eventually, athletes going to be paid. It, it's going to be complicated, of course. It's going to be really tricky. 
You're going to have lots of questions about insurance and liability and things like that we don't want to talk about. But reality is schools just can't take all this money and not give it to anybody other than the coaches, not give it to people that are actually producing the product. That makes no sense. So I think over time, there'll be a way to reward the players, not reward, compensate is the right word, compensate the athletes who are doing the work. So people don't don't go to Memorial Stadium to watch Fred Bielema coach. Okay, I'm sorry, I, I like him. He's done a good job. No, nobody's going there to see him on the sideline, blow whistle and yell the refs, okay? People are going to the games to watch Isaiah Williams catch the ball, to watch Chase Brown run the ball, to see guys block and tackle. So those people, the players, have to be compensated. They have to be. So it's just insane to think that's not going to happen down the road. It's definitely going to happen. It's just a matter of when and how it's going to work. And I think the schools all need to get out in front of it, figure out a way to make it fair, and don't be hiding things. Tell us what's going on, and we'll be happy about that. Yeah, definitely need some transparency. Uh, so you, you said Isaiah Williams catching balls, linemen making blocks. We're going to get to see it tomorrow, at least a, a little bit of it, with the opening of training camp. Where is your excitement level for the start of football season? Oh, it's, it's huge because, again, I missed all of last year's training camp. I wasn't able, I was in the hospital, so that's no fun. But compared to the hospital, definitely better. But I just look forward to seeing guys I haven't seen for a while. We saw them briefly in the spring, but not much. So, and I'm not sure, nobody said yet what we're going to see, how much we're going to (laughs) see. I'm assuming not a whole lot. And I will always push it back against that because, remember, when I first started covering Illinois, I went to every second of practice. For, for the get go. First practice, Lou Tepper was the first head coach I dealt with as a B writer. I'm sorry, I saw every second of their practice if I wanted to. Now I see, what, 10 minutes a, a, a day. It's not the same, it's not the right, it's not the not. If you want to build an interesting program, you, get talk, talk, you guys talked about attendance. One way to do that is allow people to see what your product. So I think having us there, allowing us to get to know the players better. Is always a good thing. Well, there's actually a new policy this year, Bob. That is, uh, you can attend the entirety of practice if you promise not to tell Wyoming what you saw. (laughs) Well, wouldn't that be? I don't know people in Wyoming. Okay, I'm not going to call them. There's not as many to call there. I'm I'm not calling uh, uh, Wyoming's coach, who I think is a great coach. I'm not going to call them and say, "Hey, here's what Illinois is going to run." And I think. There has to be a kind of a trust thing there. And I, I argue with the Illinois people a lot about this. They think, oh, you can't do this. Well, why? Why? If you see me writing something or tweeting something that you disagree with or think I shouldn't write, then tell me. But I'm not doing that. haven't done that. And I think it's, like you said, kind of obvious that people are going to get, the word's going get, to get out anyway. Like right now, you say no. Nobody knows about the Illinois offense. Well, I'm guessing the Wyoming people and the Indiana people they have a pretty good idea what Illinois is going to do. They they're not going to be surprised by much. So I think letting us see it, giving us a taste of what the team's going to look like, is probably a good thing for everybody involved. I I know Again, you. Oh, I I know you don't cover a pro team, but 
how do NFL teams get away with having their training camps wide open and practices wide open and, and they're not as paranoid as college coaches? What's very, the difference? Very simple, very simple. It's the same for everybody. Okay, <laughs> so if everybody in the college football, this is never going to happen, if everybody in college football said, okay, guys, this year we're going to try something, this is going to be crazy, everybody can go uh, open everything. All practices are open everywhere, at Alabama, at Georgia, at Arkansas, at Illinois, at Michigan, everything's open. You know what happened? Nobody, nobody would be worried about it because I can see what you're seeing. You can see what I'm seeing. That's why the NFL can do what it does. And, and NFL is smart because they realize I want I want eyeballs in this. The best way to do that is have reporters out there covering every second. I mean, it is boring. Okay, this is not exciting to watch. Don't think for a second. All you get to learn is who's playing well, who's not playing well. I think part of the fear from the coaches is let's say you go to, I go to practice. Now, Isaiah, I'm not going to pick on him, but let's say he has a rough day, drops a, drops a couple passes, and the next day's favor is like Isaiah Williams drops, drops passes. I wouldn't do that, but let's say that happened. Their fear is that that's going to get into kids' heads, and I sort of see that. But, but honestly, reporters are not stupid. We know we know what to do. We're not going to do that. So I think if everything was open the same, everything would be able to be open the same, and we'd have no problem with this. And they would realize pretty quickly, there's no way I can describe for the Wyoming, Wyoming coaches what Illinois is doing, okay? <laughs> I can say, hey, I, I might be able to say, wow, the quarterbacks look good. I might be able to say they're, they're running well, but I wouldn't be able to say you're, you're hitting this spot on the field. I wouldn't know anything I was talking about. So why are you worried about having me be there? That makes no sense. Well, Bob, we appreciate having you as a general threat to uh, competitive balance in college football, <laughs> being with us here for the world according to Bob. And uh, once again, can't wait till you're uh, back in studio and sure. glad that this uh, is just a little bump in the road instead of a major obstacle. Yeah, please. Good. If you don't have a shot, get a shot. Uh, it's, I can't say that enough. And here, I want to make one last comment. The Cardinal guys, my, I'm a, in the Cardinal family at home, okay? My wife, her whole family, I love the Cardinals. I would like the Cardinals normally, except when they play the Braves. But those two guys not getting shots before they went to Toronto is silly and stupid. <laughs> and they they were lucky. They, would, they, would they go one and one? Or would they go up there? Yeah, I think yeah, they, they split. split. One and one, okay. So they only lost one game. But that's silly and ridiculous. So I wish they got their shots. Get the shot. You know, set an example for the rest of the people. Get a shot. Okay. There's next Bob. Hey, man, we appreciate it. We'll see you soon, okay? See you next week. See you. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, Bob. Colin Likas is coming up, the world according to Bob, and open up a training camp that might get some more tickets sold. That's not a bad, not a bad marketing plan. Well, that's what Camp Randall was, right? Or not Camp Randall, Camp Randall. Yeah. Yeah, so. and what what Lovey did over here. Look, I see the merits of closing it. I I don't really have a personal dog in the fight, other than it would be nice to see how the depth chart is shaping out and have some of that to uh, to discuss. Uh, but I think Bob Bob makes a point mm-hmm. that's worth consideration as well. Colin Likas is with us after this.
on this funky Friday. We are joined now here as we come up on the final segment of the of the of the week. Well, Saturday's a di- part of a week, but it's kind of a different feel. Mm-hmm. Part of the, the work week. Colin Likas checks in. Good to see you, sir. Preps coordinator. Good to see you guys. You are coordinating the red carpet event next week for, uh, for high school sports. We talked a bit with Matt Daniels last hour about it, but I I think this is a great idea. It's, it's basically media days for high school football, and it's here in our Champaign Multimedia Group facilities, and uh, you will learn a lot. And they will get some nice exposure as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's it's important to do this for our football team specifically because we publish an annual special section before each season starts. Uh, it's, you know, I, I just kind of want to say that off the bat because, you know, it would be nice to do something like that for all teams, obviously. Uh, but we have nine different sports going on if you split boys and girls golf and boys and girls cross country kind of impossible to do nine different media (laughs) days uh, especially considering how many schools are in our coverage area but especially since we sell so many advertising dollars for our football special section each year that comes out in print before week one of the season you know we figured why not bring these kids in to one location make them feel like superstars for a little bit three kids per team and and a coach uh, dish on what's to come this season. Tell us a little bit about the culture surrounding the program. Share some good stories from the summertime or maybe from last season even that we can, you know, maybe l- pre- prelude to what's coming this season. Yeah, a lot of opportunities. Um, uh, you know, we're going to get radio involved as well with uh, Joey Wright doing some promotional material for the various football entities we have coming up during the course of the season, such as our weekly show. Uh, prep football confidential and then obviously the game of the week that we'll do each friday so yeah a lot of uh, a lot of stuff we're looking to accomplish here with our 36 teams in the course of uh five days coming up so never a dull moment here even though it's the light feel of of summer here as colin likas is with us on sports talk and there's physically a red carpet right yeah (laughs) i have to go buy one i think i wonder if they'll let me expense Uh, it i thought i thought we had one one? you might want to look into that i think for people's choice for 40 okay. under 40 i think we have a red carpet well, i'm kind of excited about that i i did i didn't consider that but i guess yeah i guess it's possible um i don't, I don't know how much it would cost to purchase a red carpet frankly well, so i've been hearing red carpet all week and a, i i figured it <laughs> you knew we had the red carpet right, we're gonna, gonna roll it out okay we'll, we'll have to do a little i'm gonna go i'm gonna go do some research on that yeah we'll, we'll <laughs> talk to the the marketing department but uh, like you said it can't do this for every team but the faces of the falls yes spring, winter, kind of do that in that you do get to highlight the majority right. of the sports in some way or another. Yeah, our Face of Fall photo series annual uh, coming up here on uh, Saturday, August 13th. So uh, not too far down the road as well. Uh, volleyball, boys soccer, golf, cross country, girls swimming, girls tennis, all athletes coming in from all 47 of our schools. So, uh, yeah, plenty of other kids will be getting exposure. We typically get around, you know, 300 kids at that (laughs) event since we're leaving football out of it to give them their own event. Uh, The number might dip below 300, but probably not too much more than that. But, yeah, we typically uh, like to preview the upcoming fall sports season pretty hard because there's nothing else really going on that could stop us from doing that. It's a little harder to preview what's coming up in the winter and spring Mm -hmm. because you're actively working on a season that's already going (laughs) on. But with the fall, we can kind of go full bore, especially when there are so many different sports going on at the same time. 
Ty Pence from St. Joseph Ogden. Mm -hmm. You wrote about him today in the News Gazette. He commits to Illinois State. It was uh, pretty clear he was going to be a D1 player. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was evident. I mean, he got his first Division I offer in October 2020 from Western Illinois. Uh, Obviously a program that's gained, you know, more steam and momentum uh, over the past couple seasons. Illinois, Brad Underwood's program wasn't too far behind. Uh, But, yeah, Illinois State ends up winning out. It was pretty clear to me that Ty uh, wanted to stay kind of close to home. said he's a big family guy. Uh, His family helped him uh, really decide where he wanted to go here, played a big role in this decision. So uh, it makes sense. Normal, not very far from St. Joe. We're talking a two-hour drive roughly, hour and a half. Traffic's good, so (laughs) it makes a lot of sense. Um, The opportunity to join a program that's kind of starting fresh, you know, Ryan Pedon, a guy who – Obviously, when when I think of him, I think you know he was at Butler because that's <laughs> that's where I graduated from. But uh, the Ohio State part of the resume certainly stands out as well. Working under Chris Holtman for a program that has gotten very very good under under Holtman, um, and Pedon has been aggressively recruiting just the state to start off with, which makes a lot of sense. I mean. Chicago alone, great place to recruit for basketball talent, but obviously there is basketball talent in other parts of the state as well, including uh, right here in our backyard. So I think it's a good good fit both ways. Um, I think Ty can fit into a more concrete role because he's kind of been asked to do everything for, for St. Joe basketball. He's kind of such a talented player, and he's got that body type where he can you know launch a three from outside. He can be the guy who passes the ball around. He can be the guy who goes and dunks the ball. We've watched him dunk a few times. I think you lock him into a two or three guard, like he said Ryan Pete on his staff kind of envisioned him being. Uh, he could really blossom over there. And it's almost the you said how Illinois State needs to recruit the state of Illinois. It's mm-hmm. almost the flip of what basketball would it needs to do, which mm-hmm. I would contend it doesn't. I mean, look at the look at the roster. How many scholarship Illinois players right. are on Illinois' roster? Right. It, it's it's not the priority. You want that Chicago pipeline or sure. or a Peoria pipeline, if you, what, what, or or St. Louis, if you. You just want best the best players you can get. Yeah, I think it's different when it comes to football because of the breadth of the roster mm-hmm. and the talent that is available. You know, in the state, um, but for an Illinois state, mm-hmm. th- they're just not going to get the five stars, right. the four and five stars. They're no. just not all the time. Maybe they no. will eventually, but start with where you can go get them. Absolutely. I mean, maybe you turn into a Cincinnati football where suddenly you can start picking up four and five star recruits because you made a run into the final four. Um, but yeah, Illinois State, I mean, they're coming off a season where they finished something like 13 and 20. They haven't made the NCAA tournament since 1998. I mean, that's not exactly something where you're going to say, yeah, all of a sudden we're going to pick up two five star recruits in, in a single day or anything like that. So especially when you have a new coaching staff, if you're Ryan Pete on, why not recruit in your home backyard? There are plenty of good basketball players in this state. And uh, Ty Pence said uh, the, 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 that staff pushed really hard during this this ongoing AAU season. He plays for Mid-Pro Academy, which is having a really good summer. They've won a, a couple tournaments this month alone. And, uh, you know, when, when, a t- when a staff really puts the full-court press on a kid and shows that they want them to be in the fold, that means a lot to a high school kid. Yeah, and they, they flirted with an MVC championship. I think that was the 18-19 season. Yeah, almost, right. almost snuck into the NCAA tournament. But it just shows you how quickly things can change in basketball, yeah. the up and up and down nature of it. I'm going to get a, a little nerdy on you real Go quick, Scott. Um, SummerSlam weekend. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but Vinnie Mac is out. <sighs> 
and Triple H now in charge. Do you yep. think there's going to be much change? Yeah, it sounds like just based on quotes that uh, Paul has given in the past. From he's always tr- he's, <laughs> he'll always be Hunter. Yeah, this, <laughs> Paul Levesque. Yeah, yeah, throw his government name out. <laughs> uh, but it sounds like based on quotes that he's given in the past that you know he, he wants to do he wants to do things differently. He wants to shake things up. Will he follow through on it now that he's actually partially in charge? I have I have no idea. Um, you know, obviously Vince had a hand in kind of, uh, I don't want to say wrecking, but changing the NXT baby that was Triple H's, mm-hmm. changing it in a major way from the thing that Triple H had created. I don't want to say Triple H will be spiteful because of that, but maybe it will compel him to feel the need to make some changes of his own. So, uh, yeah, that, that whole situation is just absolutely crazy, though. I mean, just... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I guess we, we should have seen it coming when all these allegations started coming out against Vince McMahon, but it's still crazy. You thought he would just kind of, you know, not not give up the position mm-hmm. by natural force, if you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, I think should you be both inter- make excellent points. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. <laughs> should be interesting to see what happens, though. Um, I do want to mention one other thing, though, because I keep staring over at this trophy what what is what is no. this? What oh, am I to be at? unveiled uh on monday morning oh, oh there, there's, there's, a, ooh, there's, there's a big tease there's, there's a, a there, secret <laughs> there's a uh, i had a story right there too so i won't i won't share it because it'll spoil what it is but there's an item i'll just say there's an item in our studio that that uh, will be talked about on monday morning's morning show here on dws hmm. but also um it will also directly impact uh, sports talk Ooh. So so we, we will be on scene for the awarding of this trophy later in the month. Are are the prep football players coming in going to compete for it? <laughs> <laughs> we could. We it could bring them over. <laughs> they will probably that might get really intense. They will probably be uh, on game week getting ready for <laughs> their first game. It'll be their f- during during week one. Priorities. Yeah. <laughs> probably right during practice. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for being observ- observant, as that's what's I, what makes you a good. I figured journalist. it had been mentioned, but I will now. I will save my story for another time. <laughs> that's what I was told. I'm just doing what I was told. <laughs> that's fair. Okay. Hey, have a great weekend and uh, uh, enjoy a little getaway. I hear you're having as well. Yeah, just trying to go hang out with some friends this weekend. Go take a little camping excursion down in southern Indiana for a day. So should be uh, should be fun celebrating a thirtieth birthday. Not mine, but somebody's 30th birthday so looking forward to it it's an excuse either way that's right to party like 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 me on my half birthday i'm expecting still waiting for the the party <laughs> you should have told us they're I'll preparing it for you at home as you <laughs> <see>. <laughs> yeah you get half a meal half a dessert <laughs> i'm sure back to finish things up after this <laughs> that about put a wrap on things shout out to paul on the text line listening in from seattle Sorry we didn't get to your text. Appreciate it. Another texture reminds us uh, that, reminds Bob, I guess, that Nebraska didn't know Illinois' game plan, or at least claimed they didn't last year when they lost. So That is true. Tally one for pro not letting you see practice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but that'll do it. We're back at it next week. Uh, Going to do a little volleyball media days next week as well. Yes. Good luck this weekend to the Champaign 11U team playing for a state title for Little League Baseball. And best wishes to Wilson Contreras this last weekend in a Cubs uni. For sure. What a nice run he's had. Maybe he'll come back one day. Thanks a lot, Evan. Thank you, Joey mm-hmm. Wright, Matt Daniels, and Allie Adams, and Bob Osmussen, and Colin Likas. I'm Scott Beatty. This is New Suck 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.